Chapter Forty Eight of the Hidden Hand. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bridget. The Hidden Hand by E. D. E. N. Southworth. Chapter Forty Eight. Black Donald's Last Attempt. Who can express the horror of that night when darkness lent his robes to monster fear, and heaven's black mantle banishing the light made everything in fearful form appear? Brandon. Let it not be supposed that Black Donald had forgotten his promise to Colonel Lenore, or was indifferent to its performance. But many perilous failures had taught him caution. He had watched and waylaid Capitola in her rides, but the girl seemed to bear a charmed safety, for never once had he caught sight of her, except in company with her groom and with Craven Lenore. And very soon, by eavesdropping on these occasions, he learned the secret design of the son to forestall the father and run off with the heiress. And as Black Donald did not foresee what success Craven Lenore might have with Capitola, he felt the more urgent necessity for prompt action on his own part. He might indeed have brought his men and attacked and overcome Capitola's attendants in open day, but the enterprise must needs have been attended with great bloodshed and loss of life, which would have made a sensation in the neighborhood that Black Donald, in the present state of his fortunes, was by no means ambitious of daring. In a word, had such an act of unparalleled violence been attempted, the better it succeeded, the greater would have been the indignation of the people, and the whole country would probably have risen and armed themselves and hunted the outlaws, as so many wild beasts, with horses and hounds. Therefore, Black Donald preferred quietly to abduct his victim, so as to leave no trace of her taking off, but to allow it to be supposed that she had eloped. He resolved to undertake this adventure alone though to himself personally this plan was even more dangerous than the other. He determined to gain access to her chamber, secrete himself anywhere in the room, except under the bed, where his instincts informed him that Capitola every night looked, and when the household should be buried in repose, steal out upon her, overpower, gag, and carry her off, in the silence of the night, leaving no trace of his own presence behind. By means of one of his men, who went about unsuspected among the negroes, buying up mats and baskets, that the latter were in the habit of making for sale, he learned that Capitola occupied the same remote chamber, in the oldest part of the house, but that a guest slept in the room next, and another in the one opposite hers, and that the house was besides full of visitors from the city, who had come down to spend the sporting season, and that they were hunting all day and carousing all night, from one week's end to another. On hearing this, Black Donald quickly comprehended that it was no time to attempt the abduction of the maiden, with the least probability of success. All would be risked, and most probably lost in the endeavor. He resolved, therefore, to wait until the house should be clear of company, and the household fallen into their accustomed carelessness and monotony. He had to wait much longer than he had reckoned upon, through October and through November, when he first heard of and laughed over Cap's duel with Craven Lenore, and congratulated himself upon the fact that the rival was no longer to be feared. He had also to wait through two-thirds of the month of December, because a party had come down to enjoy a short season of fox-hunting. They went away just before Christmas. And then at last came Black Donald's opportunity, and a fine opportunity it was. Had Satan himself engaged to furnish him with one to order, it could not have been better." The reader must know that throughout Virginia the Christmas week, from the day after Christmas until the day after New Year, is the Negro's Saturnalia. There are usually eight days of incessant dancing, feasting, and frolicking from quarter to quarter, and from barn to barn. 
Then the banjo, the fiddle, and the bones are heard from morning until night, and from night until morning. And nowhere was this annual octave of festivity held more sacred than at Hurricane Hall. It was the will of Major Warfield that they should have their full satisfaction out of their seven days' carnival. He usually gave a dinner party on Christmas Day, after which his people were free until the 3rd of January. "'Demi, mum,' he would say to Mrs. Condiment, "'they wait on us fifty-one weeks in the year, and it's hard if we can't wait on ourselves the fifty-second. Small thanks to old Hurricane for his self-denial. He did nothing for himself or others, and Mrs. Condiment and Capitola had a hot time of it in serving him. Mrs. Condiment had to do all the cooking and housework, and Cap had to perform most of the duties of Major Warfield's valet, and that was the way in which old Hurricane waited on himself.' It happened, therefore, that about the middle of the Christmas week, being Wednesday, the 28th of December, all the house-servants and farm-laborers from Hurricane Hall went off in a body to a banjo breakdown, given at a farm five miles across the country. And Major Warfield, Mrs. Condiment, and Capitola were the only living beings left in the old house that night. Black Donald, who had been prowling about the premises evening after evening, watching his opportunity to effect his nefarious object, soon discovered the outward-bound stampede of the negroes, and the unprotected state in which the house, for that night only, would be left, and he determined to take advantage of the circumstance to consummate his wicked purpose. In its then defenseless condition he could easily have mustered his force and carried off his prize, without immediate personal risk. But, as we said before, he eschewed violence as being likely to provoke after-effects of a too fatal character." He resolved rather at once to risk his own personal safety in the quieter plan of abduction which he had formed. He determined that as soon as it should be dark he would watch his opportunity to enter the house, steal to Cap's chamber, secrete himself in a closet, and when all should be quiet, in the dead waste and middle of the night, he would come out, master her, stop her mouth, and carry her off. When it became quite dark he approached the house, and hid himself under the steps beneath the back door leading from the hall into the garden, to watch his opportunity of entering. He soon found that his enterprise required great patience, as well as courage. He had to wait more than two hours before he heard the door unlocked and opened. He then peered out from his hiding-place, and saw old Hurricane taking his way out towards the garden. Now was his time to slip unperceived into the house. He stealthily came out from his hiding-place, crept up the portico stairs to the back door, noiselessly turned the latch, entered, and closed it behind him. He had just time to open a side door on his right hand, and conceal himself in a wood closet under the stairs, when he heard the footsteps of old Hurricane returning. The old man came in, and Black Donald laughed to himself to hear with what caution he locked, bolted, and barred the doors to keep out housebreakers. "'Ah, old fellow, you are fastening the stable after the horse has been stolen,' said Black Donald to himself. As soon as old Hurricane had passed by the closet in which the outlaw was concealed, and had gone into the parlour, Black Donald determined to risk the ascent into Capitola's chamber. From the description given by his men, who had once succeeded in finding their way thither, he knew very well where to go. Noiselessly, therefore, he left his place of concealment, and crept out to reconnoitre the hall, which he found deserted. Old Hurricane's shawl, hat, and walking-stick were deposited in one corner. In case of being met on the way, he put the hat on his head, wrapped the shawl around his shoulders, and took the stick in his hand. His forethought proved to be serviceable. He went through the hall and up the first flight of stairs without interruption. 
but on going along the hall of the second story, he met Mrs. Condiment coming out of old Hurricane's room. "'Your slippers are on the hearth. Your gown is at the fire, and the kettle is boiling to make your punch, Major Warfield,' said the old lady in passing. "'Umph, umph, umph,' grunted Black Donald in reply. The housekeeper then bade him good night, saying that she was going at once to her room. "'Umph, assented Black Donald, and so they parted, and this peril was past. Black Donald went up the second flight of stairs, and then down a back passage, and a narrow staircase, and along a corridor, and through several untenanted rooms, and into another passage, and finally through a side door, leading into Capitola's chamber. Here he looked around for a safe hiding-place. There was a high bedstead curtain, two deep windows also curtained, two closets, a dressing-bureau, workstand, washstand, and two armchairs. The forethought of little Pitapat had caused her to kindle a fire on the hearth, and place a waiter of refreshments on the workstand, so as to make all comfortable before she had left with the other negroes to go to the banjo breakdown. Among the edibles Pitapat had been careful to leave a small bottle of brandy, a pitcher of cream, a few eggs, and some spice, saying to herself, Long as it was Christmas time, Miss Caterpillar might want a sup of eggnog quiet to herself, just as much as old Mars did his whiskey punch, and never fancying that her young mistress would require a more delicate lunch than her old master. Black Donald laughed as he saw this outlay, and remarking that the young occupant of the chamber must have an appetite of her own, he put the neck of the brandy-bottle to his lips, and took what he called a heavy swig. Then vowing that old Hurricane knew what good liquor was, he replaced the bottle, and looked around to find the best place for his concealment. He soon determined to hide himself behind the thick folds of the window-curtain, nearest the door, so that immediately after the entrance of Capitola he could glide to the door, lock it, withdraw the key, and have the girl at once in his power. He took a second swig at the brandy-bottle, and then went into his place of concealment to wait events. That same hour Capitola was her uncle's partner in a prolonged game of chess. It was near eleven o'clock before Cap, heartily tired of the battle, permitted herself to be beaten in order to get to bed. With a satisfied chuckle, old Hurricane arose from his seat, lighted two bedchamber lamps, gave one to Capitola, took the other himself, and started off for his room, followed by Cap as far as the head of the first flight of stairs, where she bade him good night. She waited until she saw him enter his room, heard him lock his door on the inside, and throw himself down heavily into his armchair, and then she went on her own way. She hurried up the second flight of stairs, and along the narrow passages, empty rooms, and steep steps, and dreary halls, until she reached the door of her own dormitory. She turned the latch, and entered the room. The first thing that met her sight was the waiter of provisions upon the stand, and at this fresh instance of her little maid's forethought she burst into an uncontrollable fit of laughter. She did not see a dark figure glide from behind the window-curtains, steal to the door, turn the lock, and withdraw the key. But still retaining her prejudice against the presence of food in her bedchamber, she lifted up the waiter in both hands to carry it out into the passage, turned and stood face to face with Black Donald. End of chapter 48